Hi, y'all. It's good to say that. I go some places, they don't know what that is. And then you got all y'all. Hi, all y'all. It's all y'all, isn't it? Well, my name is Charlie Powell. My wife, Sarah, I'd have her stand up, but she wouldn't be much taller if she stood up. She's the pretty one, I'm the tall one. Uh, but uh, we are missionaries to Mexico. 1990, April of 1990, God called us to Mexico. And we've been there ever since. I'm a second-generation missionary. My dad was a missionary to Mexico. I was nine years old when my dad first went, 1973. So I picked up the language fast. We lived down there, and as a nine, 10, 11-year-old kid, I picked up the language fast, and I had time playing there with the kids, and I was able to get out there and get busy with them, and I just had myself a good time. And then uh, I turned 20, dad came out through a place called Columbus, New Mexico, out of Mexico, and uh, he started pastoring a church in the States while he still went into Mexico, but I got a job. I was 20 years old. I was ready to start my family. I met my wife when I was 11 years old. She was nine. I wasn't married then. We... <laughs> she was just nine years old, and I was 11. She was just another person that uh, we could spend time together and play and have fun together or whatever. Then when I got to about 15, 16, I realized, hey, she's a girl. And uh, it didn't, uh, not just a friend to play with. I, I, they were just something different that looked in. And uh, uh, we wrote back and forth a while. Her mom and dad were also missionaries to Mexico. And uh, so we're both second generation missionaries. And uh, we, when I left uh, Columbus, Georgia, or Columbus, New Mexico in 1985, I guess when it was, March of 85, and I went east. She was teaching the school at the time in Georgia, in Brunswick, Georgia. That's where I get my accent from, I guess. It's from Brunswick, Georgia. It's not Spanish, let's put it that way. And uh, I asked her to marry me in March. We got married in August, and I got busy in the church. God uses busy people. So I was teaching Sunday school. I was working in children's church. I was driving the bus. I was working in Awanas. I was working in... Uh, Monday night Bible Institute, Tuesday night visitation, Wednesday church, Thursday doing something else, Friday was uh, Saturday was visitation all day long with the bus and Sunday school and church and all, and church was full all day long. You know, they say uh, sometimes we're saints on Sunday, but I don't know when the last time I was a saint on Sunday. Sunday afternoon is nap time. That's a saint, isn't it? I haven't been a saint in a long time, so that kind of saint anyway. But uh, we got married in August, five years of spending time doing something for God there. And I had come to the conclusion, I told, I told God, I'm done with Mexico. I know the people, I know the language, I know the culture, I know the area, and I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I'm happy right here in Brunswick, Georgia. So about January of 1990, God started dealing with me. Go back to Mexico. I said, no, I know the people, I know the language, I know the culture, and I want to do it. Uh, February, we found out my wife was pregnant. I said, see there, God, I cannot go on deputation with a pregnant wife. So uh, that's what I use for my excuse, God, still. Go to Mexico. I said, no, I am, my wife's pregnant, I can't go. March, April 1st, 1990, she lost the baby. So I said, God, I got no excuse. Let's go. So we spent a year and a half on deputation. October of 1991, we were on the field. God's been using us ever since. Mi español es poquito pobre, pero es más mejor de nada. My Spanish is a little poor, but it's better than nothing. 
How many of y'all know what today is? Salmo 118, 24. Este es el día que hizo Jehová. Nos gozaremos y alegremos en él. Psalms 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether you're in where, uh, Oklahoma City, I don't know, is this Oklahoma City? Or whether you're in Timbuktu, Africa, or Chihuahua, Mexico, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God's used us to start three different churches down there in about, oh, ten years ago now, my, both my mom and dad died within about four months of each other, and it sent me into a, uh, I'm a preacher, I'm a missionary, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I know I'm going to heaven. February 28, 1977, he picked me up out of the Myra Clay, set my feet upon a rock, and established my going, and now there's no doubt in my mind, I'm going to heaven. But after my mom and dad died, they lived right next door to me, it sent me into a spiral of that word, depression. Uh, preacher gets depressed. How? When you got the Word of God right before your eyes. And yeah, I read the Word of God. I preached. I witnessed. I did everything I was supposed to do. But I was still in a, day, a state of depression. And I got in a, stalled out. I got in a rut down there in Mexico. And I was just going and just going just because that's what I know I was supposed to do. Not because it was my passion, not because it was my burden, not because it was my desire. I just did it because I knew I was just supposed to be doing it. Then there's a guy named Chris Rogers. Give me a call one day uh, from Santa Fe. Now, we have a unique ministry. I live in Columbus, New Mexico, and there's six or eight villages that we've been working in that's just right there that's within driving distance. My wife's a diabetic, so she goes to the doctor. She takes pills and shots and this and that and the other. And uh, we, we had a hard time getting the insulin in Mexico because they don't keep it refrigerated right. And uh, it was bad when you got it, so we just don't get it in Mexico anymore. So our ministry is unique. We live in, in New Mexico, and just we're only three miles from the border. We can hear the shooting when it happens over there. So we go down that way, and we just spend as much time as we need to down there. So Brother Rogers called and says, hey, We've got a man in our church that is from Casas Grandes, is about two and a half hours down south of us, that has a burden for his own town, that there's no church in his town. Will you take us down there? So I said, sure, I'll always go through an open door. When God opens the door, you go through it. Don't force your way through it, but if it opens that big, I said, sure. He said, I'll pay for the trip, I'll pay for the food, I'll pay for this. He said, you don't have to worry about anything, just we want to use your vehicle. I said, okay, let's go. So that was an incentive when he said pay for the food. So I always like food. So uh, we took off down there, spent a week in Casas Grandes, and I have never seen a church planted, a church started, a church begin so fast as that week. We spent a week down there knocking on doors up and down. There's a town of about, I think, eight to 10,000 people, and we knocked on doors. There was probably... Six or eight of us that went down from his church. And we knocked on doors and we knocked on doors. And on Friday we had uh, uh, Brother Pedro, the one that's from that town. He did the interpret, interpret, interpretation. He interpreted from Spanish, English to Spanish. And Brother Rogers preached messages Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday. And uh, he interpreted uh, one night. We, we borrowed another church building. I think it was a church of God, apostolic 
church, Brother Rogers told them that we're not borrowing this from you. We're going to pay you rent so you don't have any say-so in the matter. What we do in your church building, you don't have any say-so. So they were okay with that. They even came to some of the services. And the first night, I was sitting next to a lady that was a member of their church. Brother Rogers just simply, plain and simple, give the, the gospel message out of John 3.16. Brother Pedro interpreted it, interpreted it, ever how you want to say it, perfectly. That lady started crying, sitting next to me. She's probably in her 50s, maybe. And he started to give the invitation. We were standing up. She kind of looked at me and said, I need to get saved. Member of their church. So we went back to the back. I took a Bible. I was supposed to cry you. And I led this 50-year-old lady to the Lord. You know, they, they say sometimes you can see it, sometimes you can't, that the person changed the expression on her face when she asked Jesus to save her. She changed. I knew something happened in her life. She got a smile on her face. She got a spring in her step, step so, to say, so to speak. And the, the, not the, the joy, the, the passion, the burden that I had lost over the last year or two, Amen. it sprung back to life. Amen. That God gave me a new vision, a new outlook, a new passion, a new burden for the Mexican people, that God didn't call me down there just to, out of habit. God called me down there to see people saved. So it started with her. Three or four other people got saved that week. We found a church building to rent. It was just a house. Somebody, it was a duplex. Somebody was living on one side, so we had the church on the other side. A guy came from Chihuahua City up on Saturday, preached on Sunday, went back Sunday night, came up on Saturday, visit preach on Sunday, went back. He did that for about six months, and finally we got a, a national pastor from Baconia, uh, way back up in the mountains from a Bible college up there, and he came down just to preach, and Brother Roger says, just stay here for a month or two and see if this is what God wants you. And after about a month, he said, this is where God wants me to be. So now there's a national pastor there. He's been there about three, four years now, I think. So pray for uh, Iglesia Baptista La Cosecha. Harvest Baptist Church in Casas Grandes, Mexico. So we took trips down like that two or three times a year to Zamaloapan, to Cuauhtémoc, to Santo Tomas. And it's just getting me excited. I said, man, I'm, I'm not, I need to get some more going on. So he calls me back in May of last year. Uh, the 17th of May, I had knee surgery on my light, right leg because it had got in, infected and they cut a big old hole the size of my kneecap in my knee. And I came home, was supposed to be an outpatient surgery, and I spent two days in the hospital. I came home with a, a, a knee immobilizer brace from my hip to my ankle. He said, you have to wear this for eight weeks. So from the end of May to the end of July, I had to wear that knee immobilizer brace, and he calls me the 1st of June, says, hey, let me take you down there to Mexico. We'll spend a day or two, and we'll just ride around to some villages that don't have a church. And we went down there with the thought in our mind, my eye affecteth my heart. Now, a little town we're wanting to go to from La Modelo is a town of about 500 people. We've been there 22, 24 years. We had a national pastor about 
14 years ago and some things happened and I had to ask him to leave because he got arrested. So uh, it sent the town into discouragement. Also, we lost, I was running about 60 in a town of 500 people. And all of them quit, except for about one or two. So I've had to get my trust back up with the people there in the town. And we're back up to about 10 now. But uh, we found a national pastor now that's willing to take it over. So on the way to Casas Grandes, there's a little town called Hanos, J-A-N-O-S. I've been through Hanos. I've lost count on how many times you go through Hanos to get to Casas Grandes or Cuauhtémoc or Chihuahua or parts beyond. And I've never stopped in Hanos just to say, hey, is there a church in Hanos? It's a town of about 5,000 people. And it never dawned on me, maybe there's not a church there. Maybe the gospel message isn't being preached there. So that's the first place Brother Rogers said, let's just go there. He said, it's not but an hour and a half south of where I live. I said, sure, open door, I'm going to take it. So we go down to Hanos and ride up and down those streets. Now remember, I couldn't drive, so I have a 1991 Ford E350 diesel van. It rides like a tank, but it goes and just it's like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps on going. But uh, you got to know how to drive it because... The steering wheel is like this all the time, and if you don't know how to drive it, you're just all over the road. Uh, I've had it for about 10 years, 11 years, so I can drive it with my finger now. I know how to control it. It just, it may bounce around, but I, I control it. So that was the first time he had drove it. So I said, the only way we can go is you've got to drive it. He said, okay, I'll try anything once. So by the time the end of the trip, he was no longer doing this. He was just kind of, he got the hang of it. So we stopped in Hanos and rode up and down the streets. We couldn't find a church anywhere. We found an apostolic and we found two Catholic churches. But none of them preached the gospel that Jesus is the only way. You've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. So uh, I remember he's driving. And uh, I have prayer cards. Brother Roger's oldest son, Clint, he's 13 years old. He made my prayer cards. So he had trained Brother Rogers a little bit on how to use a, I think it's a GoPro video camera, a camera or still whatever. So while he was driving, he's doing this with his GoPro camera, and he's going down making a video to show people, and he's saying, well, who's going to tell those people at that ballpark, and who's going to tell those people? Who's going to tell those people? And there was about five ladies walking down the street, and he showed those on the cameras. Who's going to tell those people? And I think both of us had the same thought at the same mind. We're here. Why don't we tell them? So he did a U-turn in that van. And you know they say, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around. I don't know how he did it, but he did a U-turn. And before he could get stopped. Now remember, I had a knee brace from my hip to my ankle. I was sitting in the back seat. And I was walking kind of like that. He stops, and before he could stop, I was out the side door. I don't know how I got out the door, but God says, you need to talk to these five ladies. Needless to say, they didn't get saved, but I spent about 10 minutes talking to them, gave them some tracks. I had tracks in my pocket. I gave them tracks. I asked them to do me a favor. Make sure you read this. They said, okay, we'll do Usually they will. If, they, if you ask them to do your favor, they will read it. So they read it, those five ladies. Gabriella was the... The oldest, and I can't remember the other ones, but I have their names written down. But it was just more of an expression that this is where God wants us to be. 
So uh, I told him, we don't need to ride to any other towns. Let's get this one established first. Let's get, let's get this one going first here in Hanos, and we're ready to go. So uh, that's what God's wanting us to do right now, head to the little town of Hanos, Chihuahua. But there's numerous towns. There's what's called the municipality. It's a county of Hanos. There's about eight different other villages that are in that county. Uh, Monteverde is a town of about 1,200. Uh, Pancho Villa is about 500. Uh, Fernandez Leal, uh, Casa de Hanos, uh, Oaxaca, um, Mexico. There's even a village called Mexico. That The whole county, there's probably 15,000 people. And there's no gospel message being preached. So that's where God wants us to go. That's where we're going. Uh, what we plan on doing is like going down on a Thursday, spend Friday and Saturday visiting, having some type of kids club, Bible class, disciple class, Sunday having church, maybe coming back on Monday, going back down Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it might be. Whatever God wants, I'm going to go through an open door. So pray for Hanos, a town of about 5,000 people. We, we haven't been on deputation for about 15 years, so our support is a, a little on the low side, so we've got to go and raise some more funds. So I have some prayer requests that I wrote down that it, I keep adding to it, so I hope it's not too long. Pray for souls to be saved, not just in Hanos, but in Oklahoma City. Pray for souls to be saved. Put, put some feet on your prayers and go out to highways and byways and compel them to come in. Safety and travel. Uh, we left Columbus, New Mexico Friday. I've been to so many different places. Uh, we've done local New Mexico and Arizona and Utah for the last two or three months. But we're headed east for three months. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's like God's just called me to the mission field that uh, I'm, I guess I can say it now, I'm 60 years old. Last Saturday I turned 60. Uh, pray for the Powell family as we travel back east. Pray for some type of building, either rent a house, buy a church building or something in the city of Hanos that we'll be able to meet from services. Uh, I do have a tarp. I have four poles and some string. And if I have to, I'm going to meet in the plaza. And the, the, every town has a plaza. It's where everybody meets during the, day, during the evening and the weekend. Everybody just goes there because there's all kinds of trees. But the problem is it's always in front of the Catholic Church. But guess what? They need to hear the gospel also. So pray for our support to increase. I uh, have a, a burden, a goal. I don't know anything about it, but a radio station. Uh, I don't think it's on the prayer card, but there's a picture maybe on our electronic picture player back there that Hanos has a little hill. You know, it's a little hill right to the side of it that it's part of the hill. And on that hill are radio towers. So pray for a radio station. I don't know anything about it, that if we can somehow get a radio station started in Hanos that would proclaim it 100 miles to the ranchitos, the little ranches that are around in the area, the gospel message. Uh, our van is a 1991 Ford E350. I've overhauled the engine three times in it because somebody told me to use black diesel. If anybody knows what black diesel is, it's used motor oil, which is cheap. I had somebody give it to me. So for 25,000 miles, I drove my van free of charge. Then at 25,001, 
it locks up. The pistons get corroded with carbon buildup and it just don't move anymore. So I overhauled the engine and did it again. So 25,001 miles further, I overhauled the engine again. So now all that goes in my tank is diesel. <laughs> but the motor and, and transmission's fine. The body's falling apart. Uh, the doors don't seal. So when you're driving down a Mexican road, there, there's no paved roads in Mexico. There's only one, the main highway. So dirt comes in, and after a good day's driving, you're just caked in dirt, and you're blah, blah, blah. You got a, a, a garden to grow in your ear. So pray that the Lord would just take care of a, another van for us. I don't know what to do about it, but God knows the van's still good. It does good on the roads in Mexico. It just beats it to death, and we just keep on going. Got another goal. Uh, in the past 30 years, we've started three churches. So I'm 60 years old. We have a goal. Brother Rogers put a uh, idea on us, a burden on us, a, a challenge on us. Ten churches before my health gives out. Ten churches. I can't do that. But God can. I don't know how it's going to happen, but there's enough places that I can get to within two hours in the state of Chihuahua that does not have a church. There's even Ahumada. Ahumada is a town of about 40,000 people. Not one gospel message being preached. So uh, as soon as Hanos is established, a year or two, I'm headed to Ahumada. Maybe we get two or three starting in Ahumada. I don't know what God has, but pray for that. That God can use us to start ten different churches before our health gives out. I don't know what God has planned, but I'm a praying for it. I want to see somebody saved. Anyway, I'm not the best preacher in the world. I'm not the, the one that uh, people call and say, hey, come preach for revival for me. Come do this. Come do this. No, I'm just not that one. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to bore you. I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm not here to offend you. Psalms 119, 165 says, Blessed, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So if you get offended today, how's your relationship with the Word of God? I'm not here to preach at you, but I'm here to listen with you what God has to tell us. Luke chapter 10, I usually have five messages in my Bible, and I prayed before we left that God give me a message for me that I need, that I can give them, that they need. So God gave me a message. Uh... Three months ago, that it had to have been God to give it to me, and it was called Send the Light. Send the Light. It's a missionary message, and I didn't want a missionary message, but God gave me that, and that's one of my go-to message, Send the Light. We need to send the light. Nobody else is sending the light. We need to send the light. So I had that ready to go. I was going to preach Send the Light this morning. But Friday and Saturday traveling, you know, it's... I think it's 1,200 miles from here to Columbus, New Mexico. took us two days to get here. So uh, riding down the road, sometimes my wife went to sleep. Sometimes she would drive, and I would sit there and think and study and, and read. And, and uh, God would give me this verse and this verse and this thought. And I said, God, I won't send the light. It's an easy message to preach. I ain't got this one yet. So uh, last night... Uh, God put this down on paper, so if you, if you don't like it, blame God. It ain't me. It's all God that did this one. And 
Uh, I didn't get it out of no book. You know, some people say that they use a, a, a sermon outline or sermon starter book that's got four or five points and, and you can branch off of that. But I just sit down and wrote down some things, so I hope it turns out right. It's on, I, I'm old school. A lot of people use their phone or an iPad to put stuff on. And it, my experience with a computer, with an iPad, and with a phone, sometimes there's a button that says delete. And I don't know whether to hit yes or no. And sometimes I hit the wrong button and poof. Uh-oh, where'd it go? It ain't going nowhere. It's right there on a piece of paper, black, blue, and black, blue and white. It ain't going nowhere. So I've got to have notes this morning. I can't remember things. I spent three years in uh, second, third, and fourth grade in special eds because I wrote things backwards. So uh, I ain't smart. You don't know what that word ain't is. But Luke chapter 10... Oh, I did change my watch. I did have my watch for Columbus time, which was five minutes to 11 right now, so boy, I'd have an hour. Luke chapter 10, this verse just kept going over my mind the last three days, two days, and I had to do something with it because God says this is where you need to go. John or Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Bible tells us now, it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha, Received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. One thing is needful. If you wanted a title of a message, plain and simple, one thing is needful. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you today, help me to step out of the way. Lord, that your spirit would take and use my feeble words, my feeble mouth. Lord, to be able to proclaim the word of God in a way that people can understand it. Lord, that Someone that's here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that to, through this message today, God, that they can see their need for salvation, that one thing that's needful, or that they need to get saved. Lord, us as Christians, that one thing that's needful. Lord, we need to be at the feet of Jesus. Lord, we sing about love today. He loves me, He loves me, He loves me, this I know. He died for me. He gave his life for me. All because he loves me. Lord, it's hard to love something when you don't love it back. Or whether we love you back or no matter what we've done, God, you still love us. And just use me today to proclaim the word of God that, Lord, that we can see that one thing that is needful. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this pastor. Lord, make it a lighthouse in this community that folks will be saved because of Sooner Rose Baptist Church. I bless this day in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's three people in this story. There's Martha. Martha was cumbered. I'm not a smart man. 
I had to look up what cumbered meant. Some of y'all might know. Did anybody know what cumbered means? You might have heard it somewhere, I don't know. But it's not a normal word, and I think this is the only place it's found in the Bible. It's just that we, it's something you use every day. Right. Hindered, distracted, overoccupied, too busy about serving. We'll get back to that thought. Second person was Mary. Verse 39, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Third person that's there is Jesus. Master, Savior, Lord, Lord of lords and King of kings. God Almighty in the flesh. John 1, 14. He became flesh and dwelt among us. So God helped me put this down on paper. Out of this bits and pieces of these so I hope today that God can use this sermon, or I pray today. Martha was a follower of Jesus, not necessarily a disciple, but she knew who Jesus was. She had heard his record around. She had heard his reputation that he preaches, he teaches, he heals. He does this. We see her and her sister a few other times. In the Gospels, even we hear about a brother. In John chapter 11, that, that brother had died. And Lord, if you'd have been here, he hadn't have died. You believe in the resurrection, Jesus told her. I am the resurrection. Right. Cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus got out of that tomb, shook the clothes off and said hallelujah. Sat down and had some brisket and taters with Jesus and kept on preaching. They became a special family to Jesus and his disciples. So maybe Martha might have invited Jesus and his disciples to the house and said, hey, y'all come over for some briskets and taters, tamales, whatever it might be, fry bread, hamburgers, french fries. I don't know what she invited him over. But she planned this big meal, cornbread and beans maybe, I don't know. She come to the conclusion, man, that's a lot of work. We went to Brother uh, Bell's house yesterday, and he was out sweeping the, the leaves out. But he had an apron on, so he must have been busy. He knew it was a lot of work, and he, the brisket, you go splash some grease on you, and he didn't want to gre get grease on it, so he put it on the, the apron. But she knew that Mary's going to help her, because Mary's there. Mary's going to help me. She, she always helps me. But when that guest walked in of Jesus, Mary says, I need to be Listen to what Jesus has to say. Mary had another idea. I want to listen to Jesus. Martha had become distracted from the one thing that was needed to the many things that she had to do. Right. To the point she says, God, Lord, don't you care? I'm doing all the work. And here nobody's to help me. Why don't you just tell that lazy sister might have get up and help me? She didn't have the time to pay attention and listen to Jesus because she was, watch out, she was too busy serving Jesus. Can we get to that point that sometimes we're just so busy in the ministry, we forget about sitting at the feet of Jesus and just listening to what Jesus has to say? Lord, do you really care? I'm the only one that's getting the supper ready. Lord, I'm the only one that's helping with VBS. Lord, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's doing this. Don't you care? Send somebody to help me. He told her, you're troubled about many things. Jesus could have responded with the way we might could have responded, but he didn't. 
Verse 42, he just says, Martha, 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 one thing's needful. All those other things aren't needed. Just one thing is needful. So today, one thing is needful. I hope I can get, I hope God can get the point across about that one thing that is needed. Uh, Verse 39, no, 42, but one thing is needful. Again, I'm not a smart man, so I looked up in the dictionary what needful means. This is deep. I don't know if y'all can get this. It is just too deep. Needful means being in need. What do you need today? What's necessary today? What is that one thing that's needed? If you don't remember anything else today, I need to be at the feet of Jesus. I need to be at the feet of Jesus. We'll get to figuring out in a minute what it means to be at the feet of the Jesus of Jesus. So I pray today that if you're listening, I'm listening, and I can say the right things that the Holy Spirit can take and use it in a way that just blow your mind. Verse 39. What is the place? The seat of Jesus, feet of Jesus is a place of what? Verse 39. She had a sister called Mary, which I also sat at Jesus' feet. And heard his word. Feet of Jesus is not a place to play. It's not a place to be cumbered. It's not a place to sit down and do nothing. But the feet of Jesus is a place just to stop what you're doing, sit down, open your ear, turn your hearing aid up. Yeah, I got one of them too. Turn your hearing aid up and just listen. Just listen to what God has to say. What I mean by that? Well, Go to church. Sunday morning, Sunday school, 11 o'clock, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever you have services, revival meeting, be there every night. If they have a midday service, be there in the middle of the day. Take a day off from work. I've got two hours. I've got to go and uh, listen at my church. Listen to the pastor on Sunday. Listen to the Sunday school teacher teach. Listen to the evangelist. (laughs) Listen to the poor missionary. Listen to them proclaim the word of God. Just listen. But also pick up your Bible besides on Sunday, on Monday. Pick it up and listen to what God has to say for you. Uh, A lot of people have a read through the Bible program. That you read through the Bible in one year and you say, well, I've read through the Bible in one year. What did you read today? Well, I think it was Mark chapter 6 or 7, maybe it was 10, 11. I don't remember. Yeah, because you've got to get your two chapters in and you forget about what you read. I'd rather you take one verse. One verse and just meditate on that thing all day long. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Pick up the Bible and read it besides Sunday. Psalms 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf also shall not wither whatsoever he doeth. Shall prosper. Feet of Jesus place you just sit and listen. Don't, uh, a lot of people during COVID, I don't know if y'all did or not, but you have a li- had a live stream and people at home, you couldn't come to church the way it was in the West. You couldn't come to church, so everybody was on live stream and you watched on live stream on your phone. You're sitting there in your pajamas, you probably have the TV on watching your favorite show and you'll, everyone's, amen preacher. Oh, amen preacher. You ain't paying no attention to what it's doing. 
Uh, COVID hurt a lot of churches, but it's still hurting a lot of churches because you need to get off of Facebook and get your face back in the book. Place of listening. Verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now I'm going to read between the lines. I usually don't add to the Word of God and I don't take away from it because it's all it needs. I'm just going to read between the lines a little bit. Martha learned something that day. She listened to what Jesus had to say. Martha, pay attention, Martha. Slow down, settle down. Don't worry about all the things that needs to be done. And listen and learn something. There's one thing that's needful. Martha stopped long enough just to, from her rant and rave, Lord, don't you care? Send her to help me. Just to listen to Jesus. And she learned that there's only one thing that's needed. Be at the feet of Jesus. Be in the Word of God. Be at church when the doors open. I've had people tell me, that boy, that pastor just isn't feeding me. I'm not learning anything from that church. I'm going to have to go someplace else. But I've been in that church with them. And they come to church, they have no Bible in their hand. They have no notebook, they have no pen. They just come sit in the pew and listen, the preacher ain't feeding me. Well, where's your plate? If we were to go to school as a kid, I remember going to school as a kid, you had to have a textbook, you had to have a notebook with some paper in it, you had to have a pen, paper, and a racer, and Ruler, you had to take some things with you to school. Now it's all on computer, I think. That's why most kids nowadays don't know how to spell because everything is abbreviated. Uh, IDK. I don't care. No, I don't know. I don't know, and IDC is I don't care. They don't know how to spell words anymore because everything is abbreviated. If you wanted to learn in school, you had to take all of that with you in order to learn from school. But to go to church, oh, the preacher's just supposed to teach me and I can leave my Bible at home. He's just supposed to teach me. No. Take your Bible with you. Take your notebook with you. I have uh, what's called a wide margin Bible. I've only had it three years. But you can see there's places that has some writing on the side of it because I want to write something down. I've got some messages in there I haven't preached yet, but I've got a little... Artaxerxes, asterisk next to it. I got something to show me. Hey, go back to that later on. Write it down. Whatever the preacher says, don't take his word for it. Go home and check him out. Make sure what he's saying is the truth. Take your pen and piece of paper, and especially take your Bible when he reads the Bible. It's a place to learn at the feet of Jesus. The pastor's not, well, maybe the pastor will give you a test next week. I don't know. He might give you a test next week on what he preached on the Sunday before. See if you can answer those. Maybe he's asked 10 questions. See if you can answer those questions about what he preached on last week. Somewhere in the gospel says, By their fruits you shall know them. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You stay in the word of God, there's going to be a difference in your life. Established, bearing fruit. Listen. Learn at the feet of Jesus. Go back a page or two there in Luke to chapter 8, verse number 26. Y'all might know the story. I'm not going to read the whole one. 
Verse 26, they arrived at the country of Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. Verse 27, when he had went forth, there met a man out of the city, a certain man which had devils long time and were no clo- wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but in tombs. And you go on down through the story, he asked him what his name was, Legions. He said, if you, want, if you do cast us out, cast us into that herd of swine over there. I have heard somebody say there was over a thousand pigs. I don't know how many pigs there was, but there was a lot of pigs there. He said, cast us over there. At least the pigs were smart. When they got demon-possessed, they run over the side of the cliff. All of that bacon, all of that ham, all those pork chops. Oh, making me hungry, isn't it? They were talking about pork chops last night. But verse 35, after this man got the demon cast or the devil cast out of him, where was he at? Verse 35, and there went out to see that, and they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus, found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Two things there, three things. He was at the feet of Jesus. He knew that he had gotten saved. He knew that God had delivered him from his devil, whatever the devil was. He was, knew that he was saved. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And watch out, what's the next thing he says that he was? I've been called legalistic before, but... I've tried to get away from that, but it does say he was clothed. He was clothed. He was clothed. So a Christian, if you're listening and learning and sitting at the feet of Jesus, you go on vacation, you're not going to wear your beckonings. That's what they are, aren't they? They're beckoning, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're not going to wear your shorty shorts. You go to the lake, you go to the, pre- the beach. Oh, the preacher's not here. He's not going to know whether I'm half naked or not. He's not going to know that. But if you've been at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning, you'll know that you're going to be, have uh, your right mind. That's also what he was. He was in his right mind. Hold your finger there. I've got some verses in Philippians that I just kept writing them down, kept adding them to them, but it tells us about the right mind. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Don't be talking about this, that, and the other. Talk about Jesus, the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in the faith with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's, we're only here to, to tell about Jesus Christ. We're not here to tell about Charlie Powell. We're not here to tell about Sooner Rose Baptist Church. It's here to tell about Jesus Christ. We're at the feet of Jesus. Chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was the mind? He gave himself up. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Chapter 3, verse 15. Let us therefore be, as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if any man, anything be ye otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. If you're listening and you're learning, God, uh, Paul told the church in Galatia, don't listen to the other gospel that's being preached. Chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Our eyes are an inlet into our mind. Our ears, our mouth, our nose are an inlet into our mind. And me, like a, a crazy person, I decided just to see what my mind would do and I started thinking about butterflies. I'm just going to think about butterflies. There's nothing wrong with thinking about butterflies. So I think about butterflies and I ended up thinking about butter and then biscuits and honey and gravy and then biscuits and honey and then my honey, my wife. and did. My mind went to places I didn't believe it would go to just from thinking about butterflies. Make sure you have your mind at the feet of Jesus, thinking in the right mind, in the right spirit of mind. At the feet of Jesus, we are in the right mind. So I'm a logical person. If we ain't at the feet of Jesus, if we're not listening, if we're not learning, then evidently we're just not in our right mind. We need to make sure as a Christian we stay at the feet of Jesus. Luke chapter 8, I'm going to combine three of them into one. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. Behold, there was a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house. For he had only one daughter. One had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. And as he went, the people thronged him. He just couldn't get to Jesus anymore, so he was just hanging on to his feet. Look down to verse 49. And while he yet spake, there cometh one from, a, from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. When Jesus heard it, he answered, saying, Fear not, believe only, and you shall be made whole. And she shall be made whole. When he had come into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. And he said, Weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead, and he put them all out, unbelievers, didn't have the faith and the trust that they needed. He put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. Her spirit came again, and she arose straightway and commanded to give her meat. Their parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Combine three into one, it's a place of worship. We need to worship Jesus, worship God at the feet of Jesus. Don't be worshiping me out there in the, underneath the stars and just say, oh, this is my church. I've had people tell me that. Right. Worship Him at His feet of Jesus. Where's Jesus found is that church. It's a place of faith. Lord, I know that you can do it. Jairus, Jairus was a ruler in the synagogue. He was some type of head honcho in the, in the Jews' religion. He probably wasn't supposed to be going to Jesus. But he says, I've got some faith. I know Jesus can do it. I know Jesus can do it. Trust. He went to Jesus because he knew he could do it. Go to Jesus. You got a problem in your life? Go to Jesus. Amen. You got some worries in your life? Go to Jesus. Matthew chapter 7. Oh, I thought I could quote it, but I lost it. Matthew 7, 7. Ask. And it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened unto you. Go over to James chapter 4. You know the verse. 
Well, you should know the verse. I hope you know the verse. If not, you're going to listen to it today. James chapter 4, verse number 1. It gets on to us. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence out of your lust, even of your lust that war in your members? You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot attain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. Sometimes you just don't pray. Well, God, why don't you give me a new job? Have you been praying for one? Are you in church and listening and learning at the feet of Jesus? In verse 3, he goes differently. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. That you may consume it on your own lust. Don't ask for a 2024 Cadillac. Ask for a 2006 Chrysler town and country that gets you from point A to point B. Don't try to ask for the bestest thing. God, just get me from point A to point B. Give me the church. Give me the, the right thoughts, the right things. Lord, help me say the right thing to my neighbor when his house is on fire. Verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whoso therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Worship, faith, and trust is what's found at the place, at the feet of Jesus. Luke chapter 10. Just about every song maybe, and even in the, the Sunday school lesson, the devotion, something was mentioned about this one word. Luke chapter 10, verse number 42. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. In her busyness and her ranting and raving, Jesus just calmly, nonchalantly, with love, Martha, Martha, there's only one thing that's needful. At the feet of Jesus, you find love. You feel left out. You feel unloved. There's love at the feet of Jesus. Jesus didn't tell her, you just sit down and shut up and let Mary listen to me. Martha, Martha, be careful. You're careful for, and troubled about many things, but one thing's needed. Just listen to what I got to say. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth His love, that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. First John 4, 19, We love Him because He first loved us. First John 4, 7, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. That's 3-1. 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not, knoweth not God. Four words, for God is love. 
place of love at the feet of Jesus. No matter who we are, God still loves us. No matter what we've done, God still loves us. No matter what we've not done, God still loves us. Take time to get to the feet of Jesus and experience the love of God. Uh, about six, five, six years ago, I spent two years going into the jails, prisons, detention centers of New Mexico, uh, four different, three different ones, and they would ask me, after I get through preaching, why would God love me? And in prison, the, the one prison we went to, they were there for at least five years. Why would God love me? They've done something to get them there for five, ten years. Uh, a couple of them were there for life. Why would God love me? Look at what I've done. No matter what you've done for God, so love the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's all I could tell them. God loves you no matter what you've done. Just trust Him. Romans chapter 8. You know it. Verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? It's one of the verses I claimed that 10 years ago, I was like Job. Job had lost everything. His family, his animals, his, his business, he lost everything. Sat down in the ashes. He knew where he needed to go. He needed to go at the feet of Jesus. The ashes was where he used to sacrifice, and that's what was left. I need to sit around these ashes. I know God is there. Chapter 23, I believe, says Job looked to the left, couldn't find God. Looked to the right, couldn't find God. Looked behind him, looked in front of him, looked above him, looked, looked everywhere. I can't find God, but I know he's there. When, I, he, uh, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I've got to that point. God, I don't know where you are, but I know you're there. And I claim that verse. Who's going to separate me from God's love? Nothing will, no matter what tribulation and distress and depression, whatever comes, I know, God, you still love me. Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We don't even have to fight the battle. He's already conquered for us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, including the devil, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. Be at the feet of Jesus, listening to what He's got to say. Be at the feet of Jesus and learn something. Be at the feet of Jesus and worship Him. You don't have to come to, G to church to worship God. Amen. You can worship God in your house. Uh, I don't remember the name of the song. I can't get it. Oh, how He loves you and me. Right now, it just won't come to me, but there's been days that I just stop and I sing that song. And when I need it, God brings the words back to myself, back to my mind. Oh, how He loves you and me. Sometimes I sing out loud, sometimes I don't. 
I tried to sing in the shower, but the water quits running, so I quit singing in the shower. But worship God, not just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Have some faith. God's going to take care of you. Wherever you might be in your Christian life, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Trust Him because you'll always find love at the cross. Let's all stand as the pastor comes.